This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We have to cover inflation, which is roaring. It's public enemy number one, single biggest issue out there. It is not because of Vladimir Putin. It is because of bad economic policies from the Biden administration. We have my hero, my free speech hero, Elon Musk. Okay, Elon Musk. I I know him just a little bit. I did some work with him when I was in the White House. Uh, He's a very, very smart guy, and he's doing the Lord's work by trying to take over Twitter and... Get us back to free speech on these social media platforms. So we will talk about that. In fact, uh, Charles Payne, my colleague from Fox Business News, will be on the 11 o'clock hour. And uh, Charles and I will talk about Elon Musk. Let me begin with the inflation stuff. Because this is undermining the whole economy. And we had three key inflation reports this week, and they're all bad. And I will just say at the outset, this is a problem that's caused by too much spending, too much deficit finance, and too much money creation from the central bank, the Federal Reserve. All right, government spends the money, it issues bonds, to finance it in the open market, and then the Fed indirectly buys the bonds and pays for it with new cash, basically created out of thin air. Central banks have that power. They create money. We used to call it bank reserves. Nowadays, it's the balance sheet, they call it, quantitative easing. The Fed tells us quantitative easing is coming to an end, and we're going to go to quantitative tightening, But they are talking the talk, but not walking the walk with a puny one quarter of 1% increase in the Fed's target rate, so-called federal funds rate. The federal funds rate is a rate controlled by the central bank. It's reserves traded among the large banks. They buy and sell with each other, but the Fed sets the price. Whether that's a good idea or a bad idea, that's what they do. Now, look at the consumer price index, uh, up 1.2% in March, up 8.5% for the 12 months ending in March. By the way, three-month change is even higher, 11.3% at an annual rate. So when the three-month is faster than the 12-month, that's a trend that's not good. You don't have to be a brilliant mathematician to figure that out. And um, you could take out energy and food, the so-called core rate, and you're still up 6.5% for the 12 months. And that's the problem. Wall Street was trying to find some you know, good news. Maybe the thing has slowed down, but I don't think so. Why don't I think so? Well, other inflation reports, which perhaps are not as sexy as the CPI, but they're very important. Uh, for example, producer prices... 
Those are the costs paid by companies, large and small companies. We used to call it wholesale prices. And that is up 11.2% for the past 12 months. 11.2. And the past three months, it's up 14.9% at an annual rate. So that's another bad signal. All right, got it? Another bad signal. And then finally, we got the import prices. That's uh, when we buy stuff from China or Europe or Canada or Mexico or wherever, Japan. So import prices rose 12.5%. That's the 12-month change, 12.5%. So you, you can't tell me that inflation is somehow cooling down because it ain't. 8.5% CPI, 11.2% PPI, 12.5% imports. The three-month changes are faster than the 12-month changes. And importantly, look, economists look at the so-called core. They exclude food and energy. Now, that's kind of silly because people pay food and energy. Food on the shelves is exploding. Okay, food prices are up 12.2% at an annual rate in the past three months, 12%. 12-month change is 8.8%. So people are getting clobbered by food. But if you took all that out, those are the so-called volatile components. Well, that's what people pay, gasoline and food. But in any case, there's no evidence that we're seeing a slowdown. The so-called core rate of the CPI is 6.5%. On the PPI, it's 7.0%. And so however you slice this pie, we got ourselves an inflation problem. And as I said, the root cause of the inflation problem is not Vladimir Putin, although I acknowledge in the last month or so, uh, oil prices, uh, six, call it six weeks, I'll give them six weeks, but it, it, it took off way before then. The CPI was under 2% at the end of 2020 when Donald Trump left office and rose steadily to 4%, 5%, 6%, 7%. Before Vladimir Putin, really, even almost before his troops were massing on the east side of Ukraine. And then, yes, uh, energy prices had the last leg up. Uh, Biden was selling. I don't know what he was selling. I mean, the guy's doty. But he was saying 70% of the increase in prices is a result of Vladimir Putin. Nobody, I mean, I don't know where he finds that number. He gave a speech last week. What did he do? He gave a speech. And then he finished his speech, and then he turned around and started shaking, looking to shake hands with people, but there were no people there. I, it's too strange for me. I don't, I, Lord knows I don't wish him ill, but, I mean, he is kind of doty, isn't he? I mean, it's cog, cognitive impairment. We all suffer from it a little bit, but I think he's suffering from it more than just a little bit. But in any case, I'll just say we have an inflation problem. It is public enemy number one. It's killing Biden in the polls. We had some, what, Quinnipiac, it's a liberal poll, had 33% approval rating. It's insanity. The cavalry is coming, no question. The cavalry is coming this November. Um, good story. Hedge fund manager Ken Griffith out of Chicago giving a fortune to the Republican House and Senate campaign committees. Anyway, 
we still have to live with this before the cavalry gets here. And when the cavalry does get here and the GOP takes over the House and Senate, they still really need the White House to make the necessary changes in spending policies, federal spending policies, federal tax policies, and, of course, uh, Biden's silly ideological left-wing radical environmental policies, the Green New Deal policies. So I don't see, I mean, I think the inflation is going to be a problem for a while. How long? I'm not smart enough to know exactly, but I'll tell you this, it's going to be a multi-year problem. I mean, the Fed's inflation target longer run is 2%. So the numbers we're talking about here are, you know, three, four, and five times their long-run target. 2% is, you know, something akin to price stability. Although, you know, in my book, price stability is price stability. That means zero. But 2% is a good approximation. And here's another problem you've got. Wages. Wages are rising nicely. And I'm glad of it. People going back to work. It's not that they've created new jobs. We still have fewer people working today than we did pre-pandemic. A couple million people. Uh, we can't find them. And, of course, you've got 11 million job openings and about 6 million-plus unemployed, which is a very difficult situation. But wages have been rising. The economy has been expanding. But inflation is rising faster than middle-class working folks' wages. All right, real average hourly earnings for non-supervisory workers, in other words, these are the workers, not their bosses. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's up. Uh, it was up about 6%, 6% plus. But when you factor in inflation over the past year, they've actually fallen. Real wages have fallen 2.7%. I mean, that damages middle-class pocketbooks. And if you switch over to something called average weekly earnings, Adjusted for inflation, real average weekly earnings minus 3.6%. And that's why Joe Biden's so unpopular. Because the inflation that he doesn't even barely acknowledge, and when he does, he blames it on Vladimir Putin, which people don't buy, nor should they. But the point is, when you factor in inflation, people are losing money weekly. Losing money over the past year. We've had 12 straight declines in real wages. <clears throat> that is very, very bad. You go back, by the way, you look at 2018, 2019, even 2020, the pandemic year. These were the Trump years. Real wages were rising a lot. And inflation was, you know, anchored at around 2% or slightly less. Some of this is because energy prices have exploded, because the Bidens have put the clamps. I call it the regulatory octopus. No permits for drilling. No permits for pipelines. No XL pipelines. No ANWR in Alaska. I guess they've loosened up somewhat. We'll get to Senator Kevin Kramer from North Dakota, uh, which is Bakken country. 
He will be on later in the show to talk about this. But um, federal leases, they're going to let some back, give some permitting, I think. But they're going to charge higher royalties. And the amount of land has been cut back substantially. Crazy energy policies. Energy independence was a good thing. It was a good thing for American families. It was a good thing for the economy. And it was a good thing for knocking down Vladimir Putin. You didn't hear a peep out of Putin during the Trump years. Remember that? Not a peep. He invaded Crimea under Obama. He invaded Georgia under George W. Bush. Those were both times of high oil prices. And he's obviously invaded Ukraine under Joe Biden with $100 oil prices. Trump stopped that out. We were the swing energy producer. 13 million barrels a day plus. We're still a million and a half barrels a day short. That has contributed to inflation. But folks, that's just one piece of it. Inflation is raging all across the board. The diffusion index for the consumer price index is 75, 80% across the board. And that's the problem. And so we find ourselves with inflation running much faster than real growth. We will get, I don't know, maybe this coming week we're going to get a GDP report preliminary for the first quarter. Real GDP probably come in 1% to 2%, and the inflation rate's going to be 7 8%. That's called stagflation. And it is going to be with us for a while, a long while, and it is likely to go into a recession sometime in 2023 next year or 2024. It's hard to predict these things. But I'm just saying stagflation is um, not our optimal situation. That is not good. We should have real growth at 4 or 5%, at least 4%, with low taxes and fewer regulations and plenty of energy and tough trade and some order at the border. We don't have any of these things. This is why the cavalry is coming, because Biden's agenda has completely collapsed and fallen apart. But point I'm making is, point I'm making here is, we're in for rough sledding on the economy. Stagflation is not good. Declining worker wages after prices are factored in is not good. It is demoralizing. You work hard, but you take home less after inflation. That is not good. It is demoralizing, and it drags down the economy. And that's a big problem. It's public enemy number one. And as an optimist, we can solve this problem. Reagan solved it 40 years ago. We had the last bout of serious stagflation. We know what to do. Stop spending Stop printing money. Stop over-regulating. We know what to do, but those solutions are not likely. When the cavalry gets here this fall, November, we can start working on it, but it's going to be a long haul. In one year, Joe Biden has put us so far behind the eight ball. It's disconcerting. This is America. We don't have to put up with this nonsense. We know all about how to achieve prosperity, and national security. Good growth, stable prices, plenty of energy, and peace through strength. We'll get there. We will get back to that. But in the meantime, we're going to have some difficult sledding. Let me take a quick break. 
I'm Larry Kudlow. This is The Larry Kudlow Show. We'll be right back after this. Now, back to The Larry Kudlow Show. All right, welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. It's The Larry Kudlow Show. By the way, join us during the week. Fox Business. The name of the show is Kudlow. We were Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. I was off last week. had a lovely week at our place in Connecticut and Easter week. By the way, uh, happy and holy Easter, happy and holy Passover to everybody. I neglected to say it. It's a wonderful time of the year, wonderful time of the year. It's a time of resurrection. Palm Sunday last week, Easter Sunday tomorrow, Good Friday. I don't know. In my faith, it's a fabulous time of the year. So happy Passover, happy and holy Passover and Easter. Um, I want to raise a quick point here before we break. We have Art Laffer, the famous Arthur Laffer of the Laffer Curve, advisor to Ronald Reagan, advisor to Donald Trump, supply-sider extraordinaire. Uh, Art will be on at the half hour. Uh, But I want to just uh, mention Elon Musk again. As I said at the top, uh, I know him a bit, not well, just a bit, had some dealings with him in the White House. Um, His crusade for free speech and his attempt to take over Twitter is a fantastic thing in my judgment. And I wish him all the luck in the world. Uh, We'll have Charles Payne later in the show talk about a lot of the details. I mean, Twitter's you know, got a poison pill, they're defensive, obviously don't want to be taken over. Uh, Elon's got to have to raise some cash to do it. I think he's going to get some help, by the way. But the key thing here is not so much the financials, but the crusade for free speech. And I've said this, I said this on on our show uh, week before last, but I, I don't care about who's right and who's wrong. And I think this whole issue of, you know, setting up algorithms to see who's right and who's wrong, who should be on the social media platform and who should not be on, that stuff is all wrong. That just censors. Now, mostly it censors conservative tweets. That's really the issue. Keep conservatives out. Facebook is guilty of this, too. Google is guilty of this, too. Apple is guilty of this, too. A number of them are guilty of this. Instagram is guilty of this. Facebook is guilty of this. YouTube is guilty of this. So what I'm saying is Elon Musk's crusade to restore free speech is so important to our democracy and our freedom. And he knows that, and he has said it with great clarity. And that's why this is an important, hugely important story. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to have Art Laffer come in and talk about inflation and the economy and economic policy. And, of course, Monday is tax day. We're going to have a special on Fox Business, The Kudlow Show. Stay with us. Lots more to do. Congratulations to Elon Musk for fighting the good fight. And that's all you can ask. Stick with us, folks. We'll be right back after this. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. 